Welcome to episode 25 of the Triple Takeover podcast, or is it Toycast? No point arguing about it, as that's what the rest of the episode is for. Recently on this fortnightly podcast about vintage and modern toy lines, and we can say that now since we did Mask last time, mm-hmm. we voiced some controversial Transformers opinions, but like any good online fan, we're armed with plenty more. Joining me in the fire are the angel and devil on my shoulder, purveyors of many a poor preference, my co-hosts. First up is a child who believes G1 Blur was his worst ever Christmas present, and the Rubicon Mango is a solid breakfast. It's Liam from Wrongbox Notebox. It's liquid fruit in a can. How can it be bad for you? Next up, we have a chap who likes his pretend men without hats and Studio Series 86 Hot Rods primary detractor. It's omnipresent content creator just saying it for clicks Oh, I'm Maz <laughs> from apparently TF Square Wrong, and we're going to stir some trouble tonight. What's shaking, lads? Oof. That I'm really, I'm reeling from that. That was a bit of a, a one-two punch. He's coming with the nut punches already, hasn't he? He's, yeah, he's he really coming has, swinging. <laughs> really has. Studio series Hot Rod's primary detractor. <laughs> yes. I think I said some nice things about it, actually. Well, it's probably as detracty as you get. I said worse things about MP45 Bumblebee than I did That's Studio true, Series yeah. Hot Rod. It's just hiding your... You're trying to mask your hate for Studio Series Hot Rod here. We know yeah. the thing. No, not at all. It's, it's yeah. this funny thing with me. I don't know what it is, but whenever I uh, say not-so-nice things about a toy... Everybody forgets it, but I've, I have a weird thing with it because everybody's like, "Oh, you're always positive about everything," and then, but then, whenever I'm not, and I say something, uh, like I, I gave a slating review to that third-party Bumblebee movie, Optimus Prime, and then, and then everybody came out of the woodwork like critiquing me for having a go at it, and I was like, <laughs> "You can't, honestly, you can't win. No, can't win. It is what it is. You're not in the uh, criticism business. You're in the uh, PR business. Obviously, is that what it <laughs> is?" <laughs> I must be getting it wrong then, honestly. 6OPR Inc., what your company is called. Is it? My company? Wow, gosh. I have to wait for my uh, equity to roll in at some point then. I don't know. 6O's independent traders. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly. Speaking of equity, (laughs) um, I want to say a big thank you to our sponsors, starting with tfsource.com, who are your source for Transformers and third-party toys. Thank you so much to them for sponsoring us. And we have a dedicated segment in the middle of the episode where we'll have a look at tfsource.com and also gearforgeeks.co.uk, who are also online seller of Transformers, Mask, and other toy lines, and they have a very special used toy section as well. So please do check that out. And like TF Source, we will give them a dedicated little look in the middle of the episode. Uh, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. And uh, what do we have on Patreon, Sixer? Oh, we've got loads of good stuff on there, Maz. We've got, uh, well, early access to episodes such as this. So if you're already a, a patron... Uh, You may be listening to this through early access right now. Or you may have waited for the regular Tuesday release, like a, I don't know, like like a commoner or something, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) uh, I I kid, I kid. But uh, yeah, we've got uh, early access for episodes. We've got, what have we got? Previously unheard material, like outtakes and things like that. We've got voting power for episodes. You can ask questions of us. We'll answer one at the end of the episode today. And uh, the big draw, as ever, is the mini-sode. So we do a fortnightly exclusive mini-sode. So if you are a Sixos butler, uh, which is the top tier, then you basically get new content every week instead of every fortnight. So that's kind of exciting. And we've just done one on uh, gold box classics haven't we so that's kind of exciting as well absolutely and we also have a red bubble store where we sell incredible merch you might have noticed our fantastic mask themed merch that came out just in time for the episode to land so get your poxy rocket t-shirts and your mask mugs and all sorts socks. of triple takeover goodies. The yeah socks it was cool 
Where can our listeners find our merch, Sixer? That is on www.redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore. Yep, you'll find all our designs there and go into each design where you can see a variety of items that you can get that design on. Always worth scrolling down after the first preview image when you open a page because people don't do that on my merch store and all they seem to buy is mugs because that's the only thing Redbubble seems to tell them I I do. Maybe that's just what they they associate you with, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, the mugs I do this show with, absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah, trying to tell you something, that's what it is. I just imagine your email is just mug, 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 just a list like that. It's just abuse, actually. I'm not sold <laughs> anything. They just send me emails calling me a mug. mug. <laughs> right. Well, we won't keep you waiting any longer for the plethora of wrong opinions. So we're going to get straight to it with a very controversial one right off the bat, which is parts forming, good or bad. So parts forming is where transformers need to be disassembled to achieve a different mode. Think. Powermaster Optimus Prime G1, or even some of the weaponizers, I guess, the kind of things that come with uh, Kingdom, like Paleotrex and things like that. So, the Seekers, the vintage Seekers. I was going to say, Seekers, yeah, G1, yeah. G1 Jets, absolutely it's like right. The greatest so, example as well, one of the greatest. It's, it's been there since the beginning, yeah, yeah. And, and like a lot of the cars, like Hoist and Inferno and all of those. Right. So, in, in the case where you've actually got accessories that, you know, I never thought of that as parts forming. I've got to, I've got to be honest. I didn't think of um, putting the fists on or the missiles or the you know the upside down goblets on Sunstreaker's shoulders as um, <laughs> the shoulder wine glasses. Because <laughs> yeah. they don't really need those parts in the other mode, do they? The seekers do, though. I think yeah, you could definitely do. like the the guns and stuff like that have to come off to go into a different place wings. for the respective yeah. modes yeah. and the wings. So that's definitely yeah. parts forming. The hands, the hands don't go anywhere. So I, I guess what you're saying, Maz, is if it's if it has to be in both modes or not. But I think I think the sort of traditional understanding of parts forming would be even if it just features in one mode. So like Prime's yeah. hands coming off, that's you know the the solution isn't in the transformation as such, is it? You have to detach something. No, that's the thing. People do complain about G1 Seekers being parts formers, but you can technically transform them without taking any of the four wings off. And all you have to do is, you know, reposition the blasters on the arms and put the fists on. But like you said, Optimus Prime is virtually the same thing because you add a trailer, <laughs> which yeah. is not there in robot mode, and then you put the fists on in robot mode. But um, nobody thinks of that as a parts-forming Megatron as well. Don't you think, like, literally the most iconic part of him, his cannon, he has to be popped off. Yeah, the that's true. Still his arm. It's, they, it's all there from the start. Yeah, Optimus is Optimus is the one I always think of because obviously I had an Optimus with no fists. So and you know that's that's where the whole Butler things comes comes from, isn't it? So you know having to get a re- replacement set of fists for him when you had to send uh, your so, Butler out to get you some fists. Right, what, yeah. exactly. That's that's where the Butler thing comes from. Definitely, Liam. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's definitely a one. I don't think people would think of the trailer as parts forming necessarily. Uh, but the fists for sure all right so we've got a few examples from g1 there what about more modern toys like it's almost much more unforgivable to collectors on modern toys isn't it i think that depends i think there are some collectors younger collectors that wouldn't collect or wouldn't even like g1 examples like the ones that we're talking about purely because of those uh design points you know that they would look at it and think well that's just a bit crap but the, you know, the, these are. I'm not saying that that's wrong or right or whatever. That's just kind of the way it is. But by the same token, you know, we've had that discussion about things like Ironhide before, haven't we? And, and said, 
that it's kind of only really with a kind of historical context that one might appreciate mm-hmm. the charm of G1 Ironhide. But it's it's I think it's kind of the same with the Seekers and things like that in a certain sense. More modern examples, though, there are tons. I mean, the, the one I was going to raise and kind of the obvious one with this is combiners, actually, because all of the uh, the traditional combiner solution is parts forming, is with hands and stuff like that. And there are very, very, very few combiners that don't do any parts forming whatsoever it's really really unusual i think uh, even in modern toys you know even in stuff like combiner wars or whatever you have parts forming i mean stuff like devastator the the modern one has loads of parts forming um you know like the arms and stuff like that so i don't know but people still don't like that even sometimes so where do you draw the line then because if, if you think of g1 ultra magnus Masterpiece MP22 Ultra Magnus was able to go from a truck to a robot without anything coming off, but then it doesn't have a cab robot mode. And then you think about God Bomber, and God Bomber basically acts as armor for God Jinrai. I can't see a way that that would ever achieve its own robot mode if it didn't parts form. And then Uh, you've got Super Fire Convoy. Yeah, well, funnily enough, I had someone critiquing uh, God Bomber recently um, saying no, that it was... Part- really? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're critiquing it for parts forming. Well, they're not um, wrong because you do take it, it apart to... It, you do literally do, yeah, yeah. So it's, Even between its own modes, actually. Yeah, yeah. Even between its own vehicle and robot mode, it totally right. comes apart and then that, goes back that's together That's the again. point of it, isn't it? That's like complaining that's about Lego. That's like the complaint <laughs> about Lego being <laughs> thing. Yeah. 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 Let's just come into that. But first of all, like Superfire Convoy, the main part of the cab is a self-contained robot, but then it turns into this weird half-fire engine. And then you have to parts form the rest of the fire engine to get it into a proper vehicle mode. And then going to super fire convoy, you know, that's almost Lego, like you say, because you're just you're littered with parts and then they all sort of go back, but they snap on to create a bigger robot. So is there a distinction between something that creates armor and something that just comes apart to achieve its next mode, you know, fundamentally, like God Bomber does? I think with all of this, there's going to be lines and levels that people are comfortable with, aren't there? And that they like and don't like. So I'm sure there are going to be some people that don't mind it, let's say, parts forming when it's a combiner, because they see the necessity perhaps in that in order to achieve a more desirable final product. We'll talk about some examples, I guess, in a minute, because I've got a couple of examples. But and I'm sure there will be people that don't mind it when it's armor, as you're describing. So something like Godfire Convoy, or, or Superfire Convoy, probably okay, because it's armor, or God Jinrai, or whatever it might be, probably okay, because it's armor. But then they probably wouldn't like it in the example of something like the G1 Optimus Prime, maybe, because you've got to remove the fist. So I, I think that there are going to be different people with different levels of kind of how acceptable it is. That's my feeling, anyway. But I've noticed there's um, quite a well-known UK collector. I don't want to really want to drop him in it, poor fella. But he... Um, deals a lot in vintage toys and new toys. But it's funny because I don't think he has any problem with G1 jets and something like God Jinrai. And yet he absolutely hates Superfire Convoy because it comes apart so fundamentally to then form the bigger robot. So there doesn't even seem to be like a consistent line for people. Even people who grew up with G1 can dislike parts forming in certain figures. Maybe it is just completely down to the the respective, you know, the individual toy. Maybe it's just some solutions work for you and others you're not so keen on, which I think is fair enough. There are probably times, you know, some examples on some toys where I think it's a little bit more kind of egregious than others. Uh, I mean, I I know uh, various people 
could just come back to combiners again. Probably the obvious example is something like some of those third party, um, you know, kind of Zeta combiners and things like that, that literally have, uh, you know, the common complaint with some of those is because they have so much of the bulk of the combined mode is a separate add-on piece. So you're talking about like with the Zeta Bruticus, um, you know, everything up, including all of the chest and the thighs and the head is a separate piece. And then their onslaught literally kind of turns into like the back basically and plugs in the back and then the limbs attach. But they do that in order to achieve what certainly a lot of people and I would say myself would consider a more desirable combined mode. But I know a lot of people really hate this solution as well. And it comes up literally every time you post a picture of one of those toys uh, or kind of make the solution clear. It's the same with their Superion. You know, the silver bolt just kind of turns into a box and plugs in the back. And I, I posted a picture at one stage of Superion stood next to their silver bolt and tons of people were replying like, what's the point? Do you know what I mean? I, I hate it um, and stuff like that. And I think the, you're talking even people that wouldn't mind some of the examples that you're talking about, but seemingly this was just like a bridge too far because I think the, there was this perception um, that it, takes away from the transformation you know that silver bolt is somehow no longer necessary so it kind of defeats the purpose of it being a transformer yeah i don't like that at all with the, with the other toys it's because they're toys like with super fire convoy those parts are part of a play pattern and with all of these things whereas with those with the combiners like the third party ones it's just to specifically for aesthetics and to make some look like something else there's no play value in it at all whereas like you say there we've got fire convoy um it's got Power Master Optimus, all of those toys, G1 Ultra Magnus, those bits are part of something to play with and they do other stuff. It's so true with Ultra Magnus and, and that's from being from Diaclone and the one thing you can say about the new Diaclone line and the old Diaclone line is parts forming is the play pattern. Yeah. It's, Especially it, new Diaclone. But it's like even with the Seekers, they're toys, aren't they? That's And I think that's there's a key difference here. When you know they're toys and you're playing with something, it's a completely different vibe to when you're buying a third party thing. And it's just, it exists to, I don't know, it defeats the object of what it's doing. So a really good point about the Seekers somebody made to me when we did our G1 1984 episode was that one of the reasons all the parts come off is because of that peg size would have allowed you to attach other things there. You know, so if you have other toys with similar peg size, maybe even Takara products, Microman, even other Diaclone, you would have been able to put other things in those spaces. So that's- and that's... That's the kind of weaponizer thing, then, isn't it? At that stage, right. that's kind of the, the the vintage version of that. Almost, if you can yeah. combine stuff in different ways. And you saw that ridiculous picture of Skywarp I posted the other day with the cone right. head and the wings on his shoulders and the guns by his waist. I mean, if you had unpegged the rear fins as well, you could have put the guns down there, and you could have just gone mad with it. If you, especially if you'd bought multiples, because of course they weren't sentient in Diaclone. You could have had many jets as an armada and a fleet of them. Sorry, and yeah, you could have had like missile rockets on every single spot on a Thundercracker toy, you know, on the arms, on the waist, and even on the feet. So yeah, you know, that maybe that was a deliberate choice for a play pattern. And I I actually, I love God Jinrai. I think it's one of my top three favorite mm. toys ever. Same. I know yeah. Power Master Prime is one of your favorites, Liam. It's my favorite, <laughs> yeah. That play pattern is amazing. And I, you know, I gave it to my daughter recently. She had my childhood Power Master Prime when she was a lot younger, but is able to appreciate it differently now as God Jinrai. And I made her take God Bomber apart and Super Jinrai apart and Jinrai and make all the modes. And she loved it. It was fun. I find it fun to assemble that robot and disassemble it. So 
I wonder if people who fundamentally dismiss parts forming aren't thinking of the tactile experience, but it's more of this you've not gone the elegant way of doing this and you almost I cheated. think that's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's what we said before when we were talking, you know, in the, in the first um, Controversial Opinions episode that we did, we talked about um, faux parts, didn't we? And we talked a bit mm. about this whole concept of quote-unquote lazy engineering. And I think it's just an extension of that. I think it's that some people think that parts forming is like a cop-out almost, you know, that they, I don't know, the designer couldn't be bothered or didn't take the time to come up with a solution where it wasn't required um, but actually I think in a lot of cases that's not the case it's just actually parts forming was the intent from the beginning yeah and then you've got toys which would have actually benefited from parts forming like when you're transforming you you'd think I bloody wish the arms came off or I yeah. wish this bit came off I was you know transforming old Gel Shark the other day and not to step on the future car robots episode but I mean the amount of time something pops off and you're being utterly careful to try and get it to pass a certain tolerance or a certain clearance without yeah. it popping off just so you can tell yourself i can do this another great example is um beast hunter yeah. smokescreen that thing it was really wow. tricky to transform without anything yeah. popping off i even made a video of me doing it without anything popping off because i was so impressed that it was possible but in some cases just think, i wish it did pop off yeah, yeah. well now i was just gonna say do you think there's a difference in perception though because the circles we're in now like we're all adults aren't we and we look at it very differently like when you look at twitter and stuff people i don't know even looking at kids toys people want like the perfect toy even no matter the price point they expect like this perfect representation of what's on the screen so they expect it to transform like that whereas i think that's exactly like you, it. well like you were just talking about your your daughter weren't you and the way she picked it up she's not an adult but she's still wow this is great because it's a toy and so there's a perception change that so the way you look at the toy as an adult is different the reasons you're buying it's different so people want this all-in-one utterly perfect thing even from like i saw people complaining about um soundwave the little core class soundwave which is a 10 pound toy and you're like it's not perfect you're like but it's 10 pounds it's a small kid's toy and you just like and i think that's there's this different perception i think that comes in with parts forming as well because that people want this perfect yeah 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 i think that's also why now more than ever in the masterpiece line, they're they're designing things in a way to act actively try and work around parts forming. So, like with the the latest um, Seeker mold, for example, has little arms that, and actually you saw it in MP11 as well. To mm -hmm. be fair, little arms that connect the the null rays to the wings, so that you can move them without them actually having to be taken off. Whereas in MP3, when that was originally designed, you had to remove the null rays. Yeah, that was parts forming. Um, as a solution, but I think over time they've they've tapped into this idea of that actually a lot of quote unquote ad, ad, adult, adult collectors, I suppose, don't like the idea of parts forming, and they're actively trying to work their way around it. You can see it in numerous masterpiece examples. Do you think, in some ways, the fiction has ruined it for the toys in that way? Then, because like it started with the G one cartoon, obviously they transform completely different to the toys, and so this then sets a different expectation to people watching the cartoon, for example, now. And going, well, they do it there. So that's how I want that toy to have a transform. Whereas with the Seeker Jets and all those, most of them transformers, all bits came off. And so I think, do yeah. you think that's changed? That changed Probably. Ideas the I, I can sort of imagine that if the cartoon had, you know, a stock sequence of Optimus Prime shooting his fists off as part of his transformation, uh, you know, and it, and it was dead accurate to the toy. Yeah, we'd probably all be thinking differently of it. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, and some it doesn't die a clone. In right. Diaclone, that is a very common rocket fist attack kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. 
that's what I was thinking of. And I think there probably have been instances of some of that happening um, in like the comic or whatever in the early days. I'd need to check. I don't know. I can't think of any offhand, but it wouldn't surprise me, I suppose is what I'm saying, if that has happened at some point, examples of that. But you know, by and large, it's it's a feature of the toys, the early toys that was universally ignored. Hmm. And so, of course, the, the franchise has gone a different way. And really the toys now that you get, and even even mainline stuff which is directly targeted at kids uh even that follows suit and as sort of i don't know wanted to ignore parts forming even though it's been there since the beginning was there an episode of the g1 cartoon where ultra magnus fired his fist off and got someone right in the face with it or was it, it rings like, a bell it rings a bell i think it was it in one of the final episodes where he does it to ramjet or something on cybertron and ramjet crashes and gets destroyed i thought he fired his fist off at that point not just a rocket Anyway, it kind of makes me think that they did incorporate it into the cartoon at one point. Mm. But another consideration, is it practically better that new toys don't parts form because ultimately people will lose parts and then you'll lose an integral part of a Transformer? I mean, there are a number of G1 toys that you just often <laughs> see that come to pieces and then they're missing those parts and they become notoriously difficult parts to get. And it's not just like a gun accessory, it's actually like, a roof or something like that. Well, I think sometimes when you lose accessories as a kid, it might seem upsetting at the time, but then you just need to consider the the kind of unintended benefits that that might have some 30 years down the line when you're running a podcast, for example, and you're looking to name a, a Patreon tier, uh, and right. then your your childhood toy that you know was missing a pair of fists might come in really handy at that stage. <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, I, I lost tons of fists and and weapons and stuff as a mm. kid absolutely tons i'm sure i did um yeah i think it is it is a thing and definitely there is a benefit in that regard for sure yeah i'm thinking of g1 seeker jets especially with missing wings That's yeah a- but, but you know i think at the same time like for me i think it's down to whatever the toy is because at the yeah. same time you might be not losing parts but you're sacrificing a play pattern or extra accessories or you know something that makes the toy more fun like there were the missiles you don't get missiles yeah. anymore but you're like well you might have lost them but and you've lost this feature and it's the same with all these things like we i know we talk about ironhide a lot but it's not just his looks but like if you give that kid a kid that toy without any reference to the media they it's a great toy and i think yeah, once yeah. you separate those things and it's the same like now i'd rather have assuming it's not missing its entire back piece that comes off <laughs> well yeah well i mean like if they gave him one in a box now with all the bits oh. and it's like it's a great toy but i mean i'd rather have that than be sacrifice it just to have an eye that transforms into one truck you know what i mean i'd rather have more fun i think missiles and stuff are, are always considered acceptable i don't think there's anybody i would imagine out there mm. like oh can't have separate missiles and things like that i think that depends on the look weapons. though doesn't it because if you have a g1 seeker jet without its missiles that's a different thing. That's actually a very yeah, established look that they have. That that is true. That is true. I'm thinking more of like more traditional missiles, but those yeah. really are kind of part of the look, aren't they? So um, it's very different. I would say that there are other benefits in modern toys, and just to kind of I guess go back a step to like combiners, for example, and and kind of mention the example there. Actually, I will say one thing before I get to my point, uh, just to address what you were saying, Liam, earlier about there being no point to kind of the third-party combiner examples that I was talking about. Mm. Actually, interestingly, uh, I'm going to throw two things at you. One is that some of those examples do have a little third mode. So, for example, with like the DX9 Menasaur, love it or hate it, the combined mode bit, if you like, the extra bit turns into the trailer. 
uh, and that'll be the I like same. That. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, one. yeah. That's that's pretty cool. And actually, that's the same on X Transbots and on fans' toys. All, they all do it slightly differently, but for you know all intents and purposes, that's the idea. And on the Bruticus that I mentioned, it turns into like a little base thing. It's not very good, but it's it's something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was also going to just throw something else out there. So I'll come back to to third party combiners maybe. But actually, what does make me laugh is that. I, I I can see why people critique those third-party combiners and kind of go, oh, it's like a bit, you know, it's like the easy way out, isn't it? Look, mm. there's just some dude shoved in the back or whatever. But actually, do you know what it is exactly like? Is six combiners, MicroMaster combiners. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking it's, that. Yeah. It's exactly the same solution. They get let off, though, because they're a tiny scale and it's right. like, oh, well, we'd never have it if we didn't make these compromises. So this is just exactly. like a cute novelty. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I guess it's interesting because I even posted about it at the time when people were critiquing it. And a couple of people said, oh, no, 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 it's okay in six combiners, but not in this. And I'm like, but why? (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? It's fundamentally the same principle. You've got a kind of bulk, you know, kind of combined form piece, like block, which the other guys are plugging into. And and obviously with six combiners, they do become little kind of vehicles and stuff as well, sort of. But even then, it's kind of a bit, I mean, I love it, but it is a bit naff, isn't it? It requires a bit of imagination. I guess you've got to think of the original price point of those toys, though. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I I suppose that's all I'm saying. So the other thing then with third-party combiners, and the example I was going to give you, and this is the one I always talk about, is that you've got two, well, you've got many Bruticuses, Bruticae, but the two that are interesting is the Zeta one, which has this solution of this kind of bulk block of the body being a separate piece, uh, which then does turn into a little, you know, vehicle weapon thing or whatever but fine but then on the flip side you've got ocular max which do this all-in-one transformation Hmm. and that really has they've you know prided themselves on saying no parts forming all-in-one transformation and a lot of people really are into that idea and it gets a lot of great press and i would agree it's a very very cool idea however and i love that set let me just say however the combined mode has major compromise, man. Major compromise. And and, and then they we're did talking... an upgrade kit for it that made it parts form anyway. Right, they did. Well, <laughs> yes. They did and I even said that as much in my in my review of it. To a certain extent, there are some bits of it that are then parts forming, like the shoes uh, that kind of clip yeah. over. Other bits of it, all the rest of it actually is integrated. So like the um the spare head and the spare chest do you just swap those parts out and then they are integrated. But yeah, it's a weird one because I I like the combined mode a lot, but I definitely prefer prefer the Zeta combined mode because it's A, it's a lot bigger. So like you're never going to get, uh, and this is the thing with combined, is you're never going to get the scale, the massive scale of the combined mode and then have the individuals at the size that you want them without parts forming. It's just not possible, I don't think. And, and Ocular Max shows that because their combined mode is significantly shorter. Uh, it comes up about Unite Warriors Devastator height um, versus the others that like absolutely tower over it. But also it does have compromises in the proportions and some of the look and things like that. And it's still a really good product and I do love it, but I definitely prefer the individuals on that set. Whereas the Zeta combined mode is a thing of beauty, man. Honestly, it's yeah, absolutely it, well- stunning. What I was saying earlier was it's not that there's no point. It's that I think it misses the point. But not even just that it misses the point. I think it it changes the point of what I like about Transformers, which is it takes uh, yeah, away I get that. the toy element because all it's trying to do then is realise this idea of looking specifically like two yes. things. That's there's the transformation that is not really that important then. You've sort of taken that out of it and I, I that agree to me with that. is the fun and the play pattern. But then I understand why other people would prefer that and why 
yeah. neglect and just play stuff. That's what they're into, and that's fine. It's just it's for me. I think you not for you, you lose something. Yeah, it, I think it's it definitely loses. it's definitely playing to a crowd of people that yeah. specifically want their toys to look a certain way, and yeah. that is the most important aspect of it. And but they, you know, they also probably want stuff that is like really functional in that mode. But that combined mode is takes precedent for sure. Yeah, I really do think a, a lot of this depends on the kind of preference that someone has going yeah. into what they want yes. out of their transformers toys it's a personal 100%. choice isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. and i do feel that some people have an extremely high standard that almost a toy meeting that standard by doing all these things it's like they'll let it off a proportion issue or they'll let it off being a toy that is enjoyable to transform or something that you can play with over and over again by the same token if you are going to make a parts forming toy you better make damn sure it's a good one because yeah. then you get something like Takara Tomy Legends God Jinrai from you know the equivalent of the Titans Return version, which was it had an awful God Bomber figure. Like it was really awful. Too many joints. It was just so complex to put it back again the way that it was meant to be. And then when you attached everything to Super Jinrai, it just wasn't stable. What was the other compromise in that set though? They took away the parts forming from the God Jinrai in the, the Super Jinrai, didn't they? It's, it's an all-in-one transformation. There's no cab robot, if you remember. That's true. So that power rush ultra prime, they've they've taken that away, and then you're then bringing parts forming into a situation where the toy that previously had it is no longer there. So it's now like a really weird foreign object around it that doesn't match. It's just an extra thing to bundle onto it that falls apart. That's what Do you know, I, I yeah. don't think I would have minded the fact that that core robot was missing if the god bomber wasn't so fiddly. And yeah. then also the whole thing, as impressive as it looked, just didn't hold together well enough. No, it was dreadful. Like I remember, even I sold mine because I thought it was like, "Wow, this is really disappointing." And it's it looks nice, but trying to cobble it together in any form was not stable, and it it wasn't fun. It just took away all the fun. But yeah, I think once you compromise one part, you tr- you come back in with the other. It's also going to be compromised, and it, yeah, I just felt like that whole thing just sort of fell flat. But like you were saying earlier about uh, yeah, but um about Superfire Convoy, but. Can you imagine if that was an all-in-one fire engine? Like how different that armor would have to be, and how limited mm. it would have to be. Like you talk about like Godzilla, but there's no articulation or anything there. Like that for that to fit around that robot and be one, you'd be sacrificing that amazing. Look. I mean, they may have done something. They'd have done something totally different. It would, might it, it would be well. a completely different toy. Well, we would have found out if that had won the fan mm. poll instead of Sarsaber, yeah. wouldn't we? Because they would have had to make a, a masterpiece Superfire Convoy. But then you've got um, Fans Hobby Power Baser, which is a parts-forming toy. Yeah. It has the God Jinrai mode, and it's wicked. You know, mm. The Power Baser itself is more what I have the issue with, you know, just a few design choices in how to make that thing. Mm. And that's just a transformation of the trailer. It, that doesn't have an integrated truck mode. You have a separate cab robot. So I feel like they just overcomplicated the trailer a little bit. But then you attach all of its parts to it, and it's a really fun God Jinrai. But do you know what is an interesting example with that, actually? And I do like that toy, but it's got the integrated combined mode head that flips over. It's on that little arm. Yeah, that that's probably the most trickiest part of the whole thing, yeah. isn't it? And it and it sucks, honestly, because it's like the getting the 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 big mode together is yeah. sort of tricky, but then the bit that always kills everybody on that toy is getting Trying that to combined. Get thread it the through arm. the yeah. yeah. You've got to thread it through the backpack. And it's a it's a pain in the bum, frankly. And it's pointless considering you've yeah. already gone down the parts forming route. That exactly. was a pointless flex. And but that is catering to this crowd of people that want less parts forming, I think. And you are seeing more and more of that on, as I say, masterpiece definitely, third party stuff, even mainline stuff. 
And it's, I don't know, it's just kind of an odd one. Is it better to just have this random little arm that connects the head and that you have to kind of fold through and whatever else? And hide under be... the front of the trailer? Right, exactly. Loads, and it's, yeah. it's permanently there, like... Or would it have just been better if the head came off and you could just plug it in when you need and it? And it's know. a real snap hazard as well, that one as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, none of the, I've got it several times and it never has snapped on mine, but it is a thin piece of plastic for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a weird bit of design. I can totally get with Fans Hobby why they did that, but it's it, it's one of those strange pieces where you look at it and just kind of go, huh, that's really like going the extra mile to not annoy people. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? By having a parts-forming solution and not succeeding yeah so let's have a quick little verdict then liam parts forming yes or no absolutely man it's just as long as it suits whatever toy it is it's... six oh yeah I'm, I'm with liam really in the, i i don't think it's i could never sit here like with fake parts i could never sit here and say yes parts forming or no parts forming i i have too many parts forming toys that i love to write it off let's put it that way but i think that it depends on the toy honestly i think there are toys where there are toys that would benefit from parts forming that don't have it. And there are, I'm sure, examples where they've gone for parts forming and you think, eh, it would have been cool if they could have worked a way around that or whatever. But I think it's, as long as the toy is fun, I don't care. Yeah. I would say many more of the toys that parts formed I have enjoyed than not. So for me, it's a yes. What's your favorite parts forming toy then? Is it Jinrai? Oh, yeah, God Jinrai. G1 God Jinrai, no question. Yours? Yeah. I, I, probably, yeah, to be honest. I, I guess I was thinking of Superfire Convoy again just because of how fun mm. it is. I guess those are the really the kind of two main examples, aren't they? Yeah. Um, of like truly awesome toys that would just be completely different if they didn't have yeah. parts for you. Liam? Uh, it's uh, it's going to be uh, Power Mash Optimus Prime, obviously. Yeah. But like, yeah, with parts for me, like for me, it genuinely doesn't matter. It's like, like one of the things I quite enjoy on Wheeljacks now is they have the wings built in. Because I quite like the engineering. It's just, like I said, yeah. it's very dependent on the toy. But Power Prime is such a good example because it's such a fun toy. And mm-hmm. it's not because of or against part forming, is it? It's just a fun toy and it's just a part of it. It's so great. I wonder where people that really hate parts forming, I wonder where they stand on headmasters. I was thinking that. I was looking back at my display just a minute ago <laughs> yeah. and thinking, what? What do I have in that display that's a bad parts former? And yeah. everything I came across in there, I thought, no, I actually really like that. Yeah. Six combiners, headmasters, you know, Optimus, uh, various types of Optimus Prime, combiners, Jetfire, which is, you know, uh, you can transform Jetfire without taking yeah. the armor off, but still. Here's my, here's my final thing on it, not to bang on, but here's my final, final thing on it. I think if you write off parts forming in its entirety mm-hmm. and say, you know what, I hate parts forming. I don't want any toys in my collection that parts form even a little bit. You are denying yourself some amazing toys. I think yeah. so. That's, that's my that's my thought. The, the one the one negative one I will actually say I can think of was that third party uh, Bumblebee movie Optimus Prime. I think it might be the same one you were talking about earlier, Sixo, where you have to take the chest off. I don't know if it's that one. It's like attached oh, no. by a magnet. No, that's not the same one. What's that one? Right. Attaches with uh, a magnet. Is it like lemon tree or something like that? It's like a little one, and you have to take off the whole chest to transfer. Oh, it. the lemon tree one. Uh, I don't think you have to take the chest. I've got the lemon tree one. I don't recall having to take the chest one. off. There's one where it's attached by a magnet, and you have to remove it to transform it. That's it's a weird. very strange toy. That sort of thing just feels lazy. Right, next on the menu is something that comes up all the time in the fandom because... 
fundamentally, comic versus cartoon for Transformers, it can turn people on or off certain toys, certain representations in upcoming media. For example, is a toys character in new Transformers comics based on the toys tech spec in the cartoon or is it based on a, an old comic appearance and the character i think a really good example is is fortress maximus so if you if you went with fortress maximus from the cartoon it's a gigantic city-sized robot but if you look at fortress maximus from the car from the comics uh he's probably the same size as what optimus prime or just a generally kind of grimlocky sized fella so what is the well i don't i don't even want to say what's the gospel for you because there's no right answer, really, is there? There's no, like, comic is the right fiction for you to no. enjoy Transformers or cartoon no. is the right fiction for you to enjoy Transformers. Where does this um, where does this dispute even start, this kind of discussion? I think it's just because... I think because the two are so different, the, the two continuities, and whilst newer lines, even from Beast Wars, really, have kind of cherry-picked a bit from both, you know, back in the day growing up in the 80s there was a real feeling of like you know do do you follow the cartoon or do you follow the comic but i think it really is personal preference i guess it's kind of come up because some people really see the cartoon as like the the default thing i actually had that said to me recently in conversation <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah very much i mean i guess that's it as well isn't it and the, the comic if anything nowadays is sort of a bit underrepresented in terms of yeah. references and and homages and things like that but someone did say to me recently that the the cartoon was the default um not even in their opinion not even in like from their perspective just you know objectively it was the default presence in transformers more than the toys even uh, and actually the conversation came up actually as i recall because of the whole debate which we did last time about rumble and frenzy and which is which and uh, really that kind of came up from that and the the conversation was well rumble is clearly blue because the cartoon is the default uh, canon if you like in transformers and it, that to me is a really weird way to look at things because I, I can understand saying, oh, yeah, the, cart the cartoon is my preference. The cartoon is the one that I like the most or the one that I base my collection around. But to say legitimately it's it's default for everybody is kind of a bit extreme. In my <laughs> I don't know. I think it is just personal preference. Yeah, yeah. Like, for me, I, I enjoyed both growing up. I, let, I was more into the cartoon than the comic. So that even now, that probably flavors most of the way I buy toys. It's based on whether they look more like the cartoon. Not exactly like the cartoon but you know they're based more on those designs than the comic but yeah just enjoyed them both so by and large i don't i don't know why they have to compete or yeah, it is a competition thing sometimes yeah. i have seen it yeah um you know distaste that maybe something would take a a slot in a in a wave of toys which is comic inspired which then people say, oh, but that's that's the minority interest. That's the niche interest. Why didn't they go for the cartoon deco on on that particular thing? Why why have we wasted a slot on something like that? Growing up, I didn't have any exposure to Marvel Comics or Transformers Comics. So the cartoon and very little of it is what I grew up with. You know, Arrival from Cybertron, the movie, Megatron's Master Plan, Desertion of the Dinobots. It was much later that I saw other cartoon episodes. And then when I was collecting comics, in uh, in the 90s when i was buying superhero comics when i went to comic shows and comic marts i would love to find toys there as well and i did collect transformers at that time so i imagine in 1998 if i'd gone toy shopping or comic shopping and i would see a transformers comic it always seemed to me like a weak substitute for finding a toy 
and nowhere near finding a VHS. So finding Transformers comics, and I used to find loads of Transformers comics. Silver Acre Comics in the UK used to do all these shows in the UK, and they used to have original pages from the Marvel UK comic. And I even bought an original page off them once just because I thought it was cool and it was that cheap. But there was no demand. And it always felt like a second best option compared to a toy or a VHS, just because I had no uh, attachment to it growing up. And I, I really think that attachment as a kid matters a lot to how people end up on what side of the fence they end up here. I think that's it's exactly, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that because like I, I watched the cartoon most as a kid and had some of the comics, but even when I was reading the comics as a kid, I always felt like it was a poor substitute for the cartoon. Like, I didn't realise the way which way around it went, but that but that was how I felt as a kid because I was introduced through the cartoon and I read the I comic it, and yeah, go, yeah. it doesn't look anything like the cartoon. And again, you know, and it was just, that had already flavoured how I looked at it then. Yeah, it's no slight on the storytelling. It's yeah, no yeah. slight on the quality of the content, which obviously mm. now as a grown-up, you look at it and think that's actually no contest. The comics were probably far better written and from a, yeah, yeah. a place of better storytelling than the cartoon ever could have been or was. But it, like you said, it's just a connection thing. Yeah, it, it's this default thing again. It's it's exactly what I was saying before is that I think just I, maybe just the fact that it's on TV or whatever, I don't know. But um, And it's you know animated that a lot of people sort of adopted the cartoon as being the default. I guess what's interesting for all three of us is that actually, as you said, in the UK, the cartoon was really not all that prevalent. I mean, it was, uh, you know, you could only really get it on VHS. So and, and the episodes we would have seen were sort of, few and far between i mean right. still today i was watching a couple of episodes with my son not so long ago and uh, i can't remember which one it was but there was one episode came on and i was like genuinely sitting there thinking have i seen this before like maybe once do you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. it felt very unfamiliar there are still loads of episodes that i'm like i would say i would have to to kind of check out again to really kind of remind myself on what happens and that's just because of how I grew up with it. But compared to that, the the love for the comic for me was just like I mean, I was I was really excited every week when it would hit the mat, you know, come through the letterbox or whatever. It was just that exciting. Um, so I think it is just personal, and it is just what you grow up with, and whatever. I, I think now it's just weird when you see people trying to kind of promote one above the other as kind of the, again, it's that word, isn't it? It's just that default thing. Which one's the definitive one, isn't it? Right. Yeah, exactly. Definitive the definitive the one. Yeah, 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 definitive yeah. is the word, definitely. And unfortunately, if there does, if one should happen to become definitive in the majority consciousness of the fandom, then that's just going to be a slippery slope, which just means we probably get fewer and fewer comic references in toys. It's just going to be very very rare isn't it yeah i think we're there already i mean yeah, look at, probably right. you know look at masterpiece when they were yeah. doing stuff like comic grimlock you know mp08 mm-hmm. uh mp08 oh my god what did i just do hey! oh no Welcome to my uh, side of the fence uh, uh. and that was what a mad is very point. ironic is that you made fun of him for that in the last controversial opinions episode in the uh, i know I probably did there we the go tables of mp this is what a year <laughs> this is what a year of talking with soapbox does to you these these little incorrect <laughs> It's the, things it's the O in soapbox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bloody hell. Uh, MP8X, to give it its Never proper heard. name. Um, you know, that was a great comic reference, even down to the packaging and everything. They really went to town on that. And then you got stuff like uh, the black sideswipe, the G2 sideswipe, and the Bumblebee. Mm. Uh, mind you, that was actually just toys, not, uh, not right. comics, what I'm about. But uh, certainly the sideswipe and the Grimlock were the two that were like, you know, just really kind of unexpected. We just don't get that anymore. And I can't see a world where 
in this kind of uber cartoon slavish thing that Takara are doing at the moment, which I do like uh, a lot, but I can't see them doing more comic references anytime soon. They have done IDW references, though, they quite have. a lot. Yeah, and I was going to say it's not my preference doesn't come from cartoons being better than comics because my favorite Transformers fiction is IDW's More Than Meets the Eye comic. That is my favorite Transformers fiction, which is a comic. It's not a cartoon. It's not a movie. And they did do a whole bunch of toys, and third parties were doing toys of them too. Mm. I think the most recent example is Rung, isn't it? From was it Earthrise? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, the little battle master, right. wasn't it? Yeah. So you know we've had a lot of comic-based toys in the main line of Transformers based on their more recent comic history, but definitely ancient comic history. I mean, isn't there a repaint of Galvatron that is more comic-based, or is that toy-based, G1 Galvatron, that one that just came out? It's more, I think it's more toy-based, you would say, um, really. They do pop up occasionally, and you do get stuff. I mean, we've just had, uh, it was in Cyberverse, there was a Rack and Ruin toy, Mm. which is a direct reference to Marvel UK, I've got uh, that. So that's, it's really that's fun. pretty cool. It's yeah. Really uh, Impactor fun. has had a few toys yeah. over the years. So that's really cool as well. So some of those characters that originated from the Marvel UK comic, especially, have kind of permeated a little bit. Straxus, um, you know, Jaxus, uh, some that's of these true. guys. We had that in, what was it? Uh, Generations, wasn't it? We had a Jaxus. That one repainted the Armada Starscream. Yeah. 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 Never been a never been a classic G2 Jaxus. I would absolutely mm-hmm. love to yeah. see that one day. But, uh, you know, it's always been a bit bit of a departure um but there there have they have happened uh which is always lovely when when you know it does happen i I guess it's just weird that i don't know from my perspective that people sort of need to see one as definitive over the other to me it's what's fun about transformers is that all of this stuff gets its time in the sun uh but isn't that exactly the same thing we talked about in beast wars was that people who don't like beast wars will complain about beast wars releases to make absolutely sure that voice is heard and there are never any more beast wars releases because then they get less of what they want right it is the same i never understand that attitude though like you're saying earlier about people talking about slots and stuff you know like oh it's taking up a slot and it's like do you think the toy line is just going to end here and they're never going to make any (laughs) more it's like once that toy comes out they're going to make other toys they might make that one you like they might make some other one you like but like just going back there what you're saying about the comic ones is Man, it's like you look at them now, everything is so cartoon focused. Everything, it's not even just that, it's like every toy line that comes out is accurate to whatever the media it is. So it's like even the cyberverse things, they try to be as accurate to the cartoon that's on the screen, everything's like that. But like you're talking about the uh, third party ones, for example, like the more than meets the eye impactor, mm-hmm. and the old one was a metal slug tank, and it's like I missed that kind of creativity. Yeah. Where it MMC spins Spartan, into some, that's what it was, yeah. But it spins into something different. It gives you something new and exciting that's really fun. That's not just, you know, it's exactly well, like represented on screen. The MMC the lockdown that I sh- shared photos yeah. of the other day. That, yeah, you know, that's he's, cool. he is yeah. a He's a jet with a trailer and the trailer turns into a walk-in closet. You know, yeah. that's fantastic. It's, <laughs> it's, invent- it's inventive, yeah. imaginative. That's what you sort of, you kind of lose with this obsession of like sticking to one Bible of media. It's like, like we talk about people using the TF Wiki now. Like it's become... Like they will tell you, this is the definitive way this character should be portrayed, or this character wouldn't act like this. And you're like, it's my toy. I can take the photo of whatever. It's my imagination, but it's that's what's happened, isn't it? And it's because I think that's influenced the toys, like you were saying about now with the Beast Wars and people saying they can't have that. People want the same thing, but mm. they want the very definitive thing. I know Sixo has been replying to people on social media sometimes when they critique certain things in photographs, and and you've had to say to them, no, the comic 
made this canon. Uh, that has happened. Yeah, that has that has happened. I'm trying to think, think of a specific example, but there is a lot of disregard for kind of comic continuity and whatever. And fair enough, you know, not a lot of people kind of get it or whatever. But that said, there are people that love a good comic reference. And, um, you know, I've seen a bit of it with Masterpiece Skids uh, recently. A lot of people kind of referencing that famous panel of him uh, from the comic where he's ha- where he's being washed in vehicle mm-hmm. mode by the the character Charlene uh, and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people kind of digging that one out. Um, I think there is a lot of love for the comic, kind of like grassroots almost, but um, it's it's out there anyway. Um, I think, but just going back a step, just to what Liam was saying, I, that for me is spot on. Is that all, all of this stuff is good? It's all Transformers at the end of the day. It doesn't. It can all have its you know its time in the sun. It can all be celebrated. It doesn't have to kind of conform to one particular style and lose its creativity. Um, I think that's a real shame, actually. And I think mm. if we're all just being uber-slavish to the original cartoon the whole time, uh, you know, I like I like that cartoony style in Masterpiece, but I wouldn't want all my Transformers to look that way. I think that would be horrifically boring, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, and I, one thing I really do appreciate about Transformers is how different some of the, the characters look. One thing I was thinking, actually, about this discussion was that when the comic first started, the, particularly the UK comic, a lot of the depictions of the characters were very, very uh, toy-inspired. So like Braun, there's a, a very famous comic cover from way early on in the UK run where he looks exactly like his G1 toy. And that mm. is something that I think we don't see enough of as well, is the, the kind right, of yeah. the original... Windscreen face Ironhide. Right, exactly, exactly. Bring You know, bring that stuff back just occasionally, not as the default thing, not as the definitive mm. thing, but just to give you know air it out a bit, have some fun with it because mm. it's cool. Have Why a purple not? sound wave every now and then. Yeah, exactly. Chuck it in there, man. Just you know, mix it up a bit. And surely, if the comic wasn't a thing, then a lot of people in the UK would have lost interest in Transformers because there was no regular cartoon. For sure. I yeah, hundred percent. I don't know that I would have lost interest, but certainly my interest would not have been anywhere near where it was. Uh, you know, I, I think the cartoon for me was something that I enjoyed. Whenever I had a new VHS, I would watch it and enjoy it. But the comic was where my imagination came alive. That was the the big difference between the two for me. That that will be the same anyway, though, won't it? Because if you go back to that time, it's not like now where you've got YouTube or stuff like that. The, it was on the telly, say in America, but it was on at a set time. And it's not the same as it is now where you could go out, just buy a video or a DVD or go and look it up online. Then if you missed it, the only thing you would have had would have been the comic that you could constantly refer to and look at and read. Yeah. There have been a lot of people who wouldn't have seen it on the TV because they may have not had those channels or may not even had a TV and that sort of thing. I think the cartoon is definitely a stronger thing in America mm. for American fans, certainly a lot of American fans, than it is for a lot of British fans. A lot of UK fans have the love for the comic. <laughs> Maybe not represented quite uh, accurately in this particular group, I don't know. but uh, at the No, it's us. mad, isn't it? Because yeah. I didn't have the comic, and yet the very little of the cartoon I saw did sustain me all the way through yeah. childhood. And then very soon afterwards, uh, when I turned 18, I was back on Transformers with zero comic input. But I wonder, of all the however many episodes there are of the G1 cartoon, I'd need to look it up, but I wonder, between the three of us, how many of them we actually saw as children? Very few, and probably oh, yeah. most thought- of us the same. I saw loads because it was always on the children's channel, wasn't it, and cable. And so I used to just right. watch that when I was when I was left at my grandma's when I was little uh, before there we school. Go. So it was always looping. It was that there was mask, and then it was followed by Robotech Three. That's what I remember it. 
pictures, I think. Well, then doesn't this very little microcosm of the fandom demonstrate that how different people right. from the yeah. same country can have a, an experience with Transformers and how it shouldn't be yeah. blanketly but it becomes everyone a unified, wants this. Yeah. But it becomes that, that uni- unified voice, doesn't it, on Twitter? It becomes... Right. It's not just that it's a preference. It becomes there's a right way and a wrong way. That's so when not you just see Twitter, you get it on yeah. Facebook as well. But, no, but I mean, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. But I mean, it's so polarized now. But you see it like in Transformers, you see it in everything. But you'll see the way the toy comes and go. That's not right. It's missing, as if there has to be just this one. Every version of this character has to look the same, or even closer and closer and closer. And it's but it's, it's not just G one though, is it? It's all the fandom now. You see it with the movie fans; they complain that the trailer hitch isn't accurate enough for this nonsense. And then you get it with the Prime fans now. You get it with all. It's it's spilled over, hasn't it? Where people want that they're all the same. They have this one media, and yeah. it has to adhere to it. And of course, you know, we come into it with baggage. Yeah, I've just got this fans hobby Armada Prime this uh, naval commander and I combined this thing and I enjoyed this thing and I'm having an absolute blast with this toy and I uh, know nothing about Armada and sharing pictures online it was interesting to me that people were saying yeah but my one nitpick is that the headlights uh, for the truck are not horizontal they're vertical or Hmm. yeah that bit's not quite accurate and even though 6-0 said to me, well, fans will be, you know, they don't normally go for cartoon accuracy or this kind of thing but something like that was acting as a as an obstacle to their enjoyment and that was very hard for me to understand in a toy that that was that good. But yeah. of course, I was also saying to Sixo today, that's why I don't want to buy MP52 Starscream because I think the face is a little bit off from exactly how I remember it from the cartoon. So it doesn't do what I'd want for that price point. So I get it. Maybe the difference there, though, is that MP52 is meant to look bang on the cartoon. Right. Isn't it? That's, that's its reason for, not its entire reason for being, but that's a big part of the aesthetic that is exactly what it's trying to do whereas fans hobby naval commander is a very stylized thing all of the, that's yeah. what i don't yeah I, I think with fans hobby all of their stuff is super stylized really uh you know even their kind of g1 stuff like power baser doesn't mm. look like any right. jinrai stroke power master prime that i know of it's a it's yeah. a hugely stylized thing it's got tons of its own you know design in there its own influence in in that regard i don't think you really want to critique it to any particular source because what's the point it's not mm. striving yeah. to do that um, but then they released it, I, that comic head. Yeah, they did. But that was that was an, a great nod. I mean, it still didn't look exactly like the, the mm-hmm. comic. I think the weird thing with the comic actually is that you say look, what well, I say looks like the comic, but really, you know, week to week, you could get a different artist on that right. Marvel UK book, and the, <laughs> the characters would very often look quite different anyway. Uh, you know, it's just the, the kind of nature of it. But I think uh, something like the the headlights or whatever it is on Naval Commander being the wrong way, I guess those little things are sometimes cues for people, aren't they? Like the little things that maybe they remember. So even if the kind of holistic thing is not 100% accurate, there might be little touches that they kind of consider important, maybe. Mm. Like a red ratchet head. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Or a red red pants ratchet, that kind of thing. It's the the old uh yeah, that that sort of stuff. Or the the Megatron with the with the black helmet instead of the grey yeah. helmet. That kind of stuff that I know a lot of people would love to see more of because it reminds them of the Marvel comics. Right. Um, you know, those little kind of cues. Uh and I, I get that stuff. But I, for me, uh, my collection is such that I like having a cartoon-styled thing. I like having a G1 toy-styled thing. I like having a comic-styled thing. I like having new stuff as well that isn't G1. So it's just... See, that's interesting. Uh, you, know. you saying that, maybe this should have been a three-pronged question. Comic, cartoon, and toy. Because I did also, think that, actually, yeah. Some, some of us would really love some toy-based 
product, wouldn't we? Like yeah. a G1 Sunstreaker Masterpiece that's much more toy accurate would be wonderful. Or a G1 Trax toy, toy version yeah. of the Masterpiece or even the Kingdom toy, something like that. That would be lovely to see more of. G1 Smokescreen with knees. Just just that toy. Those Datsuns <laughs> with knees would be amazing. I think that stuff is becoming more and more popular now, actually, toy-inspired stuff. You've got a lot of companies doing it. I mean, Takara have done it with stuff like MP36+. Plus. Uh, and then, you know, that's where everybody kind of hoped that they would do tracks and Sunny and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But you've got numerous third parties doing that stuff now as well. You know, X-Transbot's doing their toy-inspired Stunticons and things like that. So I think there is, uh, there's been a, a, a couple of attempts like Make Toys doing a, a sort of toy style jazz, not sort of. Yeah, that's happening more and more. I think if anything, you get more toy inspired decos than you do comic inspired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it, but it's mostly a deco, isn't it? It's not normally from yeah. the ground up built that way. So it's like you're talking about the X Transports one there. They look cool, but they look like the cartoon versions of those characters with a paint job that looks resembles the toy and it's the same there with those mp toys and stuff like that oh yeah i'd like to see it the other way around you know yeah for once it is different like even mp36 plus which i think is about as extensive a toy inspired retool that we've had uh that still is ultimately cartoon megatron made to look like the toy isn't it so Mm. um for sure it doesn't it has a kind of weird half sort of cross aesthetic of being like toy proportions and and design but with uh, sorry with being the cartoon uh, sort of proportions but then with the sort of toy styling um which is strange but i really like it um uh, but yeah a, a ground up thing would be truly something so here's the thing like you know how we always talk we're talking about now is comic versus cartoon versus toy but when you were kids like i know we all look at the cartoon and like man i wish the toys looked like that but i don't remember thinking i wish they only looked like that all of the time and i think that's kind of what's happened now isn't it do you not think i i remember wanting them to look more like yeah the cartoon but just flipping up the cone on ramjet thrust and dirge accomplished that for me yeah. so like you said it didn't have to be crazy accurate just not massively removed from it yeah sometimes i think colors were, were, were more of a thing like i want colors are a thing colors yeah. are a big thing i the first time i remember thinking wow this is really accurate to the cartoon is beast wars actually season two mm. with all the transmetal mm. toys but even then you know there were elements that were different you know they, they weren't always like a hundred percent exactly screen accurate mm. like the masterpieces are but it would always be if ever there was a deviation, it was stuff like the way that Rat Trap's um, backpack doesn't spin around like it does in the cartoon, and that would be something that I would have liked to have happened. But generally yeah. speaking, it was great, and at no point was I ever really sat there critiquing the toys versus the screen. No, yeah, I just remember thinking like I'd, I'd like them to look more like it, but it's different now because we're so used to seeing those models all the time. We know them inside out, whereas as kids, we would have seen them in the cartoon and we'd have been familiar with them, but you wouldn't have that same no instant knowledge of every tiny minute detail or proportion and i don't know i think that's flavored a lot of this stuff now is everybody knows it so well when they see something that isn't it it's like it looks different to them They're, the difference yeah. from when you're seen as a kid and you're not so familiar with it in the same it's, way. it's the level that some people go to with it as well where they're like oh my god you know this new star scream uh you know in his vents or something he's got he's got five vents instead of four and it's supposed to be yeah. four in the cartoon it's that like level of, i mean i'm exaggerating yeah. but it's that level of like extreme uh, yeah. sort of pedantry almost with it yeah. isn't it that you're like just 
I don't know. Just enjoy it, man. Honestly, just <laughs> at some point, you know. We have a completely different, intimate knowledge of these Transformers designs from what we did as a child. So yeah. it's a completely different expectation of a toy, isn't it, to match those sort of expectations, I suppose. I think there's a there's a uh, there's a thing called close enough, isn't there? That's kind of acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you then. Um, start with you, Sixo. Would you like to see more comic-inspired Transformers in mainline? Yeah, I mean, yes, personally, although maybe that's just a really kind of nostalgic stroke, slightly selfish thing. Um, would they sell or be interesting to most people? Maybe not. I don't know. So I think it'd be fun to see, but presumably there's no major market there for it. Otherwise, they would be doing it, I guess. Liam, would you want to see that? More comic-inspired yeah. toys? Yeah, absolutely. Like The toys I've been getting the most fun out of this week are the studio series Bumblebee movie versions of the G1 cast. So it's really nice seeing those G1 characters I've seen loads of times in slightly altered new forms. And so I'd love to see like comic versions of them. It's nice getting them in a different way that isn't so similar each time. I'm going to be incredibly selfish and say I don't. Because <gasps> I must admit, I love being interested in mainline Transformers. And seeing things that I wouldn't buy in mainline makes me drift away from it and makes me lose focus on it a little bit. However, that is an extremely selfish thing, but I don't want the people who want it to be denied that. But personally, I wouldn't buy them. But do you think not think, so. though, again, like once that's gone past that, eventually they'll do something again that captures your interest again anyway. So yeah, it's not absolutely. like you have to be interested in everything. See, forever. that's the way to look at it, the long yeah. view of this doesn't mean that forever is going to yeah. look like this. And that's why I didn't understand why people got upset yeah. that we got Beast Wars masterpieces and why did they then go down a particular route of masterpiece repaint that wasn't completely cartoon accurate? No, I completely understand that. I think it's it's okay and perfectly fine for Hasbro and Takara to make and release toys that you are not personally interested in or have any desire to pick up, yeah. that right. is fine. Do you know what I mean? Um, like, how much of the fandom, how much yeah. of the franchise has been that anyway yeah. for everybody? Yeah, exactly, yeah. The the world keeps turning at the end yeah. of the day. So it's, it's not a sticker book you have to fill. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. There'll always be another red truck. The Transformers will return after these messages. All right, so this is the segment of the episode where we look at our sponsors' websites and have a little talk about what they've got in stock. And we're going to look at TF Source first. You know, it's a mix of official Transformers, third-party Transformers. They have Masterpiece, Generations, new product, vintage product as well. And uh, just looking at the front page there, I tried to look past it. I really did. And I wanted to look at something else. But, of course, the thing that draws my attention is that Diaclone DA91 super heavy <laughs> equipment pod gantry. It's got the word gantry in it. Anything with a gantry is going to make my eyes light up. I knew you were going to yeah. see it. I knew it. I look at that and I think, that sitting inside my Weijang MPP-10 trailer is going to be amazing. Never yeah. mind that it sticks onto the battle convoy that I don't have, but I could just do so much with that in photography. I'd, yeah, I'd it does look amazing. Yeah. It does look so cool. I love that it's like a little gantry thing. Have you seen the uh, the little vehicle that it comes with yeah, as well? Yeah, yep. That's so That's cool. what it transforms into as well. It's just, yeah, it's exactly aimed at me. Like <laughs> a little is. truck. It's very, very cool. Yeah. And then it's got the um, the little kind of mech suit with it and everything. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so unless that's a separate too. piece. That that might be separate, actually. I'm just kind of flicking through the pictures. What about you? What's caught your eye? 
Uh, for me, it is very much the... You can see it's there under Featured Pre-Orders. It's the Optimus Prime Earth Mode Plastic Model Kit by Yolo Park. Yolo! Uh, and that has really caught my eye this week. I think it looks absolutely amazing. And uh, I don't know if you guys know Yolo Park. I don't own any of their stuff. But they're the ones that are doing that ridiculously large intricate bumblebee movie optimus prime and i think they're doing a shockwave as well have you guys seen pictures of that i've not been able to forget the name yolo park yeah right first time i saw it but i've i I couldn't associate it with any of their products okay i'll I'll shoot you a picture afterwards of the of the larger much i mean massive scale uh optimus that they're doing it is i mean it's i can't remember the price but it is well beyond any of our price ranges let's put it that way the kind of full thing is just incredible looking piece of engineering it's just absolutely amazing uh, with like actual gears in it and things like that but then they've made this model kit which uh, i just think looks stunning i mean i've got stuff like the three zero uh bumblebee movie optimus already and uh, you know the masterpiece and the, the part one and whatever but uh, I'm, i love the design well up for this i'm not a big model kit guy but this just looks so good to me. and I just think stunning. So yeah, totally into that. What about you, Liam? What you got your eye on? I'm looking at all the Gundam stuff on here. It's so cool. There's a Gundam here that looks like it's wearing a cape. There's some sort of cloak thing going on. Wings. What's it called? XO full cloth Gundam metal build. There we go. Full oh, cloth. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even cloth. It looks like it's plastic, but it's cool. It just looks like wings. You know, I love Gundam stuff. It's so weird and crazy. And there's like a little super deformed one here, which looks amazing too. They've got some really cool stuff, actually, Gundam-wise up there at the moment. They've got loads of stuff. So that's tfsource.com. We're also going to look at gearforgeeks.co.uk, primarily their used toy section. And in the last episode, we had a look at their pre-owned mask. Uh, But looking at their pre-owned Transformers, I mean, it's not hard to guess what's caught my eye there. It's the uh, clear blue Mirage. And even though it's the Siege Mirage, which is not a mold I'm too fond of, you can't have a clear blue Mirage and it not look good. And that proves it. Yeah, it does look nice, actually. It's got the toy head as well. Always a bonus. It looks, uh, yeah, it looks really good. They've got quite a few CG bits and War for Cybertron bits in at the moment, don't they? What's caught your eye there, then? I think for me, actually, I'm just looking at the Beast Machines Mirage on the se- on the second page. It's only three quid, two ninety nine, uh, for a Beast Machines loose Beast Machines Mirage. Uh, it does say incomplete. So it's missing the missiles, I think. But uh, still, I think that's uh, for three quid. I don't know. Yeah. That's- Slightly tempting. Uh, I know you said Transformers, but I'm actually looking at the Zoids. They've got Zoids. They've got one that looks like a crocodile with missiles coming out of his backside. I quite dig that. Does, does that appeal to you? <laughs> yeah. That's Gold Cruncher with Asguns. There's a, a very tall-looking Zoid. What do you reckon, 6 T-shirt? Crocodile with Asguns. I've not even seen... I'm going to have a look at the Zoids, man. I haven't seen Zoids really since... I, oh, my God, these look great. They really do yeah. look good. Look at the crocodile with the Asguns. Ah, uh, yeah, that is a crocodile with Asguns. That's... um. Yeah. That's pretty cool. For tenor as well. That's uh, look. Wow. We just got him into mask last time out, and he's just showed <laughs> yeah. off his first mask toy. It's too early to do this to him. All right. I mean, this is discover he owned all of Zoids as a child, and <laughs> I think I had one Zoid. I think I had one. Here Zoid. we go. Are you it's sure by one start. you don't mean eight, and by eight you mean like all of them? <laughs> Actually, now I've seen this one looks very familiar too. Yeah. I have a memory. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is that the impression of me? Maybe. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I'm kind of looking at that saber-toothed tiger one, thinking that that's pretty swish. 
Yeah, that's the one with the cat with the cannons on the back. That was cool. Yeah, I like that one. So that's our look at Gear for Geeks as well. Thank you to both tfsource.com and gearforgeeks.co.uk for sponsoring us. Please do check out those sites covering your Transformers, your third party, and your pre-owned Transformers needs. Oh, they've got that Kingdom Galvatron. It's too late now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's the alligator with the ass guns. We now return to the Transformers. For our next controversial opinion topic, we are going to talk about something very topical, product leaks. And of course, very recently, we just had a Fan First Friday from Hasbro. Some of these have sometimes had the sheen of surprise and reveals taken off them because the products that they're showing off have already found their way into collector hands or images have leaked. So product leaks, are we happy that we get to know well in advance what's coming, inform our purchases? get us excited between these long periods where there are no official reveals or does it take away too much from the experience of watching one of these streams and being wowed one item at a time what do you think i don't really think i've ever been wowed by this stuff though i suppose living on this side of the the pond do you remember when we had like botcon reveals and all those sort of things and you used to have to just look at tfw or something because you weren't there so i've I've never been bothered i'm quite happy to see them takes a lot to impress liam (laughs) <laughs> yeah. ass guns I mean, apparently do it yeah, exactly ass it's rockets a, are cool so they're like oh, with ass guns but like you know a new a new transformers tie <laughs> no it's it's not that but that's what i mean i'm I, it's not how it's showed off to me it's that i see it in the first place like i don't sit there like waiting for them to show it me in a special exciting reveal I'm... well we'll never mind the stream then what about the official photos for example the examples of Kingdom Galvatron is a good one. I mean, we got some really duff photos before the official duff photos. Kidding, kidding. I'm just saying. Um, duff you get fan photos from people who aren't photographers, who people who aren't maybe interested in selling the product the way Hasbro or Takara would. Yeah. And is that okay to you just to know it's coming or would you prefer that the first time you saw a toy, it was from Hasbro or Takara? We've spent decades complaining about Hasbro stock photography, though. There's people all they do, so <laughs> why? <laughs> Literally, the fandom has done this for decades. Oh, this awful photos. And now they're complaining that they aren't getting to see the awful photos before they've seen slightly better ones. I, I will tell you, though, whoever had that Kingdom Galtron, they were trolling everyone, man. They were having fun with that, I swear. Because the pictures coming out of that thing were just abysmal. I mean, they were like... Like one picture was in it. It looked like it was at the bottom of a plastic bag or something with some <laughs> toys. Do you know what I mean? And it's like taken from lying down on its side, and it's I don't know, been trodden on or something. And like, well, and then the hang on, hang on, Galvatron lying on its side is a thing, though, isn't it? Stupid, oh, it is sexy a thing, Galvatron. Yeah. Maybe Stupid, that's what sexy that was. Galvatron. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so in this case. But the other one was that then they showed a, a full body shot of it, um, but they clearly either taken either tweak the proportions somehow or i think had taken it with some you know major wide angle lens because they took one picture of it this was hilarious to me they took one picture of it i remember from kind of a lower angle with a wide angle lens so it looked like it had massive legs massive long legs and like a tiny body and then they took another picture of it from the top uh where it had like a huge body and tiny little you know dumpy legs and you had two camps of people both arguing that their preferred version was correct. You know, you had like the the long leggers and the long bodiers, I don't know, or whatever. And and people were really like determined that their version was the correct one. And uh, but then you got people cutting it in half in Photoshop and stitching the two of them together to try and make the correct thing. And I don't know, man. 
my take on it was it's not a toy I was invested in, but what a waste of time, honestly. Like if if Hasbro had just slapped out a decent picture of that thing, it could have all been resolved day one. How how insane is it though that we come to a point where we're obsessively like chopping up pictures of Calvatron toys and matching the them up to measure the length of the thigh? What <laughs> world do we that live happens in? All the time. But that's my point, is it's just it's like wasted discourse, isn't it? You get so yeah. many people uh photoshopping these things and and getting the old red rings around them do you know what i mean and like mm. highlighting bits and trying to prove their point over something which is clearly a crap quality photo of uh, a leaked toy or whatever to begin with and realistically you no way of knowing what the reality is because you don't have the toy in hand wasted discourse is a great name for a transformers yeah. podcast yeah <laughs> exactly. or a band of a transformers podcast yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we do our, our own fair bit of wasted discourse. Yeah, I was just saying that could have been our name. Yeah. But we get this with stock photography, don't we, with Masterpiece? Like, even with the official photos, people are drawing circles around RC's chest going, it, it could actually go up higher. That's what I mean. It, it's it's not just bad photography, it's all. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. And you do get that with everything, definitely. I, I think the leaks kind of compound it a little bit because... Uh, just purely because of how bad some of the photography is. I think there are levels, aren't there? But uh, I think there's a bit of mistrust in official photography even now because of how many examples have been mistransformed over the years. I mean, it is kind of bordering, bordering on parody a little bit. Hmm. And <laughs> so the fact that, you know, when a new toy comes out and automatically everybody's like, it's mistransformed. And it's like, no, no, it just looks like that. Uh, it's kind of funny. The thing is, the example with Galvatron, with people having to understand that it's just a bad photo and not a good representation, is there a danger that some people won't do that and that will then set the narrative for that toy and it will taint people's excitement for a toy so that when it does finally come out, okay, some people will be pleasantly surprised when it's better than in those photos, but is the damage done at that point already where it has been represented in such a poor way that it's not had an impact. And you know how marketing works. If it was just a case of the information eventually being out there, I mean, I work for a games company. We certainly don't want things to leak and then for the narrative to be controlled by a player base yeah, who don't right. have all the information. And then when it comes out, it's a bit of a damp squib because everybody knew. And we know that there is currency in having an impact reveal where there's surprise, there's joy, and there's fresh stuff. And that can alter the history of how a product is talked about for years to come there's, there's definitely some truth to that but like the opposite is so true in transformers all of the time like it's almost every toy that comes out people look at the pictures and complain and then they'll go the classic phrase is it's much better in hand it's almost yeah but we're not really talking toy. about official photography versus in hand we're talking about product leaks we're talking about something that is revealed by collectors or people who have bought it not the right way as opposed to being revealed in a really cool diorama or with box art or alongside a wave of toys where it has proper context. No, yeah, but uh, so that's what I'm saying. Like when you go to, say, Transformers Legacy Bulkhead, how many people complained about how bad that toy looked until people got it in hand and then were taking photos of it? And now everyone's like, it looks great. It looks fantastic. But before, so, almost near universal criticism of it. I thought I was the only person went, oh, that looks quite cool. But and then that was from the official reveal. So you think actually a product leak in that case would have been better because it yeah. would have been shown off by a fan in its place. <laughs> to be fair, I, <laughs> yeah. I, did, I did see actually there was a picture of, um, was it Sam who, who shared a picture on TF, uh, TF, on TF Twitter and um, yeah. not just on Twitter of Legacy Bulkhead and suddenly everybody was like, 
oh my god that looks so much better i did see that as well to be mm. fair and and that had, had been revealed by some very nice official product shots so that is hard to argue with, to be fair. Maybe it's just me, but I've never really been impacted by... I mean, I'm a person who's imp- impacted by advertising all of the time. But in terms of Transformers, it's I've never been that fussed. Like when I see their photos, I just look at them and go, oh yeah, I probably get that. But I don't mind where the photos come from or what I've seen. I was just about to say, do not tell me that you're not influenced by advertising because oh, that the is... the easiest. <laughs> that, that I have a bag be... full of something called Mega Go-Go's that I don't even remember what they are, but I saw an advert once. And right. So I got like hooked on whatever it was. There we go. Well, not talking about how it affects our toy buying, then what yeah. about approaching this from the angle of are product leaks good for Hasbro and Takara? Is it good that these things are getting out of the factory into the hands of people who aren't supposed to have them yet? I, I, I gotta be honest, I have a real tough time with this one because my natural inclination is to say no, it's not good. And um and I you know, I don't mind saying I don't make a big deal of it. I try not to kind of bang on about it too much because it's it's not really something that kind of affects my collecting personally because a lot of the toys that I collect are not wrapped up in that world you know it's it's typically the mainline stuff or whatever that is being leaked if you like and kind of passed into whoever's hands and passed on to some reviewers and things like that it's it's not really a world that I'm kind of engaged with particularly uh so my natural inclination I suppose and my <laughs> at the risk of saying it I suppose my morality compass if you will is such that I I kind of don't like it as a a subject it's just not Mm -hmm. you know it's it's something in me that is just kind of built to not like stuff like that uh that said there does seem to be plenty of people that do really enjoy it and um i I, you know just for the the spirit of kind of balanced discussion i suppose Mm. i'm sort of acknowledging all the people that i do know really enjoy that and like the fact that they get to see that stuff early i think if anything probably what it says is that Hasbro should make, you know, if they're not going to crack down on the leaks and whatever, which they don't seem to be particularly fussed about, they probably should be getting some of this stuff shown a lot earlier and uh, and and out and visible more. And and I think it says a lot about their kind of marketing or social media strategy or whatever that they could probably be. I know they're doing the the fan first Fridays and stuff like that now, but you made that point right at the start, Maz, and just said, you know, this latest one that they did. I read people complaining about it. Because uh, people were saying, oh, the only new thing they revealed was Sludge, the Studio Series Sludge. Well, actually, it wasn't the only new thing they revealed. It was just that everything else had been seen already in leaks. Mm. And that is a problem for for Hasbro, because if they do want to control that narrative, uh, you know, it's clearly affecting their streams and stuff like that. So it's not good from that regard. That said, there is the, the whole thing of free advertising and stuff like that for them as well. So it's a very tricky issue. But a lot of times it's not just leaks, though, is it? There are toys that are released in places like China or stuff like that, like Buzzworthy Cup, which was revealed on the live stream, but we'd known about it for ages because it was out. I, I already owned it yeah. because I bought it from, I can't remember which online seller in the UK had it. And yeah, so there are there are things like that where it's hard to be wowed when they're not announcing products that are out. <laughs> I think uh, the one leak actually I can think of that has kind of caught my eye recently is Masterpiece Cliffjumper which still has yet to be revealed officially. No mention of it even happening officially. You know, there are prototypes and stuff that they're clearly working on, like Skyfire and things like that, that they have unveiled. And yet still Cliffjumper, you know, looks to be in sort of semi-finished form now from some of the latest leaks we've seen. And that's a really weird one because, I don't know, it, it looks pretty good in some of the pictures that I've seen, actually. Um 
and I think there has been at least one video of it as well, and it does look pretty good. But there certainly were some pictures to start with that weren't transformed correctly, and it looked kind of a bit dubious. And I think it does kind of, for me, I can feel it colouring my perception of that toy a little bit, because we're getting to see so much information about it before it's even kind of officially unveiled, and it's not got the same excitement factor that I personally get from seeing this stuff sort of unveiled in the proper by the proper channels it's a, it's a tale as old as time i mean think back to alternators and vinyl tech and we talked about this there was tracks that i remember the first image i saw of vinyl tech tracks was in like a figure king magazine and it was all gray resin and it looked wonderful and that is an image that has stayed with me the impact that that image had yeah, on me 100%. has stayed with me for nearly 15 16 years now but all the ones i remember that were leaked on eBay because someone had stolen the test shot and they didn't look presented that way, haven't had as big an impact. If it was a nice looking toy, I was intrigued. I remember it, of course, because I was so yeah. involved with that toy line. But the way Trax was presented, even though it was a great prototype, I loved it. And it was a wonderful feeling that has endured. And I know that the argument for some people is sometimes it's just nice to be surprised. I mean, imagine if their plan for Cliff Jumper was just to be. So here's the second Masterpiece train bot. Here's Cliffjumper. And yeah, just yeah. bam, it's out. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh my goodness, it's out. It's re- I can buy it now. This is a wonderful moment. And I suppose they can use that tool if they're releasing something that maybe they're not so happy with. That element will maybe drive more sales. And there's another thing too that some people say. If they were to reveal Cliffjumper, or, or sorry, if someone was to get Cliffjumper in hand and they just showed it off and it didn't look great and they hadn't finished it, because someone had gotten hold of an early sample, not a final product sample, maybe some collectors in the Masterpiece sphere would opt to go with third party. Like, they waited for Takara. That's not what I really wanted. I'm going to buy a third party. If no, that I think happens, that has happened. Lot, that has well, happened. Well, there you yeah, go. So, But sure. maybe that doesn't affect them, you know, economies of scale. Maybe it doesn't affect them at all that a few collectors make this decision. But it's a thing that I know upsets some collectors that this is a consequence. The thing is, you see so many photos of these toys in between that and it coming out that you're going to sway one way or the other anyway. Like you might see actual release photos that look worse than the prototype photos. And I don't, I don't know. It's hard for me to think that so that first has that profound an effect when there's such a lead time between these things as well. Like and the amount of time it takes and the amount of times you're going to see it and probably your opinion is going to change back and forth. I don't know. Well, I'm thinking of those masterpiece train bots and I think the official photography has done more to sell me than any person who could have done by getting mm. them in hand as in the prototype stage of being unpainted and yeah. unfinished. I but, think but their I'm, actual reveals, yeah. especially the packaging, has really made me excited for it more than anything a leak would have done. Yeah, but what I mean is if you'd have seen it leaked before and then seen those photos later would you not still have been like, wow, those photos are cool? No, it would, it would, it would I didn't like colored. that leaf photo. These awful, these look it, awful. It would have, no, 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 have colored my perception. It would have colored my. It would have colored my perception. It may not have made a difference in the grand scheme, but yeah. you know, my budget is such that seeing those train bots and knowing that they're coming out somewhere in the back of my mind, I know I'm going to put some money aside for them. If I didn't like what I saw in a product leak, that's not going to happen, man. I'm going to spend that money on something else, and then when they come out, I'm probably going to miss them because I've spent the money somewhere else. I don't have so much money that I can afford to go and buy something else in the meantime. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. when public perception has got to the point where they say, oh, that leak was actually not representative, I can then make the decision, oh, I'll buy this now. I can't do that. So 
in a way, it does matter to me. It's not the be-all and end-all of my collecting experience, but it makes a difference. But the second you see the first photo, you don't buy the toy, though, do you? No, but the then second. I haven't put any money aside. Because uh, even if I, I saw the know. photo tomorrow, like, they revealed what, something tomorrow. I do agree with what Maz was saying as well about first impressions and all of that. Yeah. I definitely think that's a thing. It is for me, yeah. for If sure, they reveal right? Masterpiece Mirage tomorrow and it's £170, I probably still can't buy it, mate. It does not going to make me buy it tomorrow if yeah. they revealed it without any lead time. But if they reveal it tomorrow in a certain way and I know that I want it and it's coming out in five months, I'll do what I need to to have the money to buy it when it comes out. Mm. It's different with generations, surely, yeah. It is, yeah, yeah, it is. I do think that the first impression thing matters as well, and but that is true of official and leaked pictures for sure. There, and there, there have been plenty of official reveals that have been terrible, you know, and have gone badly. Stuff like yeah. MP28 Hot Rod is one that I always think of, you know, with that terrible yeah. silhouette that they put out. What a great out. example. And it, and it was just dreadful silhouette. And actually the toy, I know a lot of people aren't keen on the toy, fine, but it's better than that silhouette. Do you know? But I do think that that silhouette has kind of stuck a little bit in people's yeah. minds. The only opportunity I've ever had to review a pre-release masterpiece was MP28. Right. And oh, the one yeah, I had, had didn't have yeah. the blue tint. So that yeah. was one I was really interested because I thought, well, the, the actually, good point, the official images of that, that silhouette, and then the grey resin prototype, out, I can't remember if it was Wonderfest or not, yeah. next, to, next to Laser Wave, was like, next to laser I wave, really... Yeah really don't understand what what that's going for then i got it in hand and it was like this is actually a really fun transformation a really really fun transformation but then all the chrome started coming off yeah. and i thought well that doesn't bode well for the toy should i just put this down to the fact that it's a pre-release sample and probably not finished to the same level that it should be but then the actual official one started to flake chrome as well it's just did you this buy conf- the official one i did yeah i did buy the official so one. there what you've just said so you saw a disappointing original photo but you still then bought it anyway well because i had the sample in hand didn't i and i thought you just, this is that a was fun also toy. yeah but that's that's what i mean There's, no no like, i like the sample yeah i like the sample yeah. but um, it had disappointing aspects that i didn't expect the official one to have and also at that point i was a masterpiece completist i was buying everything and that's what i mean like this not always going to be like you're going to see one photo and instantly not going to no, that's what i mean it's going to be different for everything but you're, I mean. you're you're missing the point though because yeah. the the point is is that a lot of people's perceptions of that toy were still clouded by the initial silhouette and still continue to be to this day it's still talked about that silhouette and and, and maybe by my review and, of the sample yeah it, it, it's still a thing and i, I know that I think you it's don't... more that massive square chest i think that's more that's just never got over that well, be that as it may, I think that you you clearly aren't as influenced by that initial reveal, mm. but I I definitely am. I can tell you, I definitely am how I first see things. And I think a lot of those first perceptions are kind of difficult to get off. I, I know, for example, so I always think, and I've told this story before, of um, Beast Wars 2nd Galvatron. I have that toy now in my collection after many, many, many years of wanting it. And it was all based on seeing that picture of the gray resin prototype on the internet when I was a teenager and just seeing it and being like, what on earth is this? And it was such an exciting reveal. But actually, in some ways, the actual toy I do really like, but it's definitely got its major flaws, man. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to go into it, but it's it's a flawed toy. But there's still something about it that I love because it reminds me of that initial reveal and it's burned in my my memory and uh, I think it's something about it. How would we have felt about the legacy of MP1 and BT01 
uh, without the way that they were revealed because they didn't leak. They were shown off at that show in 2003. And I know we would have ended up with those toys anyway because they're so great that most people ended up with them anyway. But we still talk about that reveal. We still talk about that moment as a magical moment. It's not even that you know, your perception of a toy is forever clouded or anything like that. But it's just, I don't know, it's part of the process. And and yes, yeah, some leaks are going to be fine in the way that they're revealed, just as some official reveals are bad. But I, I, I the, the one I was thinking of recently was you had Kingdom Galvatron revealed, looking, as I say, like it was at the bottom of a plastic bag. And then a couple of weeks later, you had Beast Wars Megatron, the Kingdom one, revealed via the official photography that they put out. And man, that thing looked hot. Do you know what I mean? It looked so good in those official photographs. And and I often still think of those photos. I don't even own the toy, do you know what I mean? But it's just, they were such good product shots, like really good. And I guess that's my thing is, I don't think you can say all Hasbro reveals are good, all leaks are bad in terms of the quality of the photography. That's not fair. But I think when the official sources get it right, you can't touch it. I don't know. I'm just thinking back to this hot rod and how the fact we're all talking about how disappointed we were at this silhouette, but all three of us have still bought it, but we're talking about people who wouldn't have bought it, despite the fact all three of us were disappointed and did buy it. No, 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 but that's that's not the point. The point is, should they even be allowed to happen? No, no. Why should that even be a thing that happens? No, yeah, that's what I mean. That's different. I totally agree with that. I don't think it should, but I think that's different to... I don't know. Maybe. So, first do you think it's bad for the fandom at all? Are you saying that basically it doesn't matter? It shouldn't happen, uh, but the fact that it does doesn't matter on the whole, toy by toy, uh, for the fandom. From a personal perspective, no, I don't think it does. Okay. It doesn't for me at all. But and I don't. And I don't know. I, for the for the wider community, I just see people still buy the toys. So yeah, they do. Because well, that's what we do. We buy yeah. toys. But that's what I mean. So it's not that. I don't know. Like I say, to me, you see so many photos. You're gonna. But see. you are doing this podcast. Because of a feeling, because yeah. of a thing that you remember in your youth, yeah. those, you know, it's evocative. Yeah. And imagine if every reveal was spoiled, not even spoiled, but it was taken out of the hands of the official companies by product leaks. And that's just how you learned about everything was product leaks. Hmm. It's almost like you're taking away the opportunity for a future generation to have those experiences. We still talk about BT01 and MP1 reveal. It's been 20 years. Yeah. Who cares? We've had the toy. We've had the third repaint of the see, toy. We've sold it. We've rebought it. Who cares? It's not see, a thing. That's, what we buy today. that's again, exactly though. my point. Not whether you buy it or not. And I think that's yeah. the bit that's being missed here. It's not about if you buy it or not. Ultimately, it's about the experience of how it's revealed and the, the kind of impression that that leaves on you or whatever. And to some extent, there are toys that I own that I love that still have that strong first impression of me because of how they were revealed it's not a question of like mp28 we all bought it yeah sure fine but it still had a crap reveal to start with and that still has so yeah exactly no, yeah but, but what i'm saying is like you guys you the great example is mp01 and uh the final text smoke screen what were those photos of were they hasbro po- yes but who were they taken by that's true they were taken by fans but yes, 
that's what I mean. And do you think it saying, wouldn't have made a difference then if it was like an unofficial event? If it was like a get together of people in someone's no, front room where no, they all bring a carrier no, bag of prototypes? You think that no, would have had the same impact, even no, though it was not a prototype? The point I'm trying to make here is like there's a, there's a distinction here. Like I'm not I'm very against stolen toys. I'm not into that at all. But like the way we're talking about it here is if we're talking about the impression those photos taken by fans made on you. And there's a world of difference between now people going it's not been revealed on a hasbro pool screen that i was waiting for that's but what that, i mean there's, there's, there's i, I think i think conventions is different thing. man conventions is different that's still an official event where people have gone and taken pictures it's still uh yeah. it's still set up in a way that people yeah. who are marketing the toy have yeah. designed it to be marketed you know that's yeah. so that mp1 for example yes the pictures of it were taken by fans uh and in some yeah. cases were blurry or whatever of course but it was mm. the fact that it's still an official event. And it's not the principle of it. But mm. And again, I just go back to my point that I was making before and saying, I'm not even saying all leaked photography is bad. And of course, we know that not all official photography is good. But I'm just saying that by and large, yeah. it's more successfully done as, yeah. a, as a rule when it's done officially, in my opinion. Wasn't yeah, HasLab Unicron the same? Wasn't that revealed at a Hasbro or at a Toy yeah. Fair event? And obviously, most of the photos would have been fan photos, right? Uh, yeah. I think the the final coloured version. Uh, I'm trying to remember now. Actually, I think maybe it was. Yeah, yeah. Because there was it was shown off at a number of events. I think when we first saw it, it was in the official videos and things. But it was like renders and grey prototypes and whatever. Um, but I think the first colour version, maybe I can't remember now. But yeah, the point about those official reveals of those two toys at that uh, festival or whatever, the convention is when you saw those photos, you weren't at the convention. You read about that these photo- this toy was revealed at a convention after you'd seen the picture. So the impact came from the photo, not that it was an official reveal with all that sort of time. Yeah. But what was it a initial photo time of, you saw it. it was a photo of a toy on a display table alongside yeah. in right. both That's modes I mean. of a product line that is being launched together in context. Yeah. It wasn't on someone's dining room table. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's the difference. I agree with, no, I agree with that. But what I'm it's not to photo say is, like, it's quality; not, it's photo yeah. context. Exactly. But it's, but it's, but it's not this big reveal. That's what I mean. Like we're it was a big about, reveal. Like, it was a big reveal. It yeah, couldn't have been just because it wasn't on stream. Yeah. Just because it, no, but that's it what wasn't I mean. the photo on YouTube. You saw wasn't of a reveal. It was someone had taken it at a show. That's no, no, no. I mean. It you was a reveal. The show was the reveal. Yeah, but that's not what you saw. That's what I'm trying to say. That's the difference. Is you saw a photo of a toy. You didn't. You then read where yeah, it came. Where from. was that the toy? The, the toy was at a reveal event. Yeah, don't remember the look... flyer came out yeah. just before when... that, and then it was so revealed. Before you saw the photo, you went, "Hmm, there's a photo." At this no, it would have been it all about. Totally... That's what I mean. You, you would have not known what it was. It would have been no. Was, I'm sorry, but I, do, I totally disagree. It would have been totally yeah. different if it had been a random photo cropped up of MP1. In in mm. on someone's coffee table, it just it wouldn't have had the same impact. There would have been like, oh, that looks cool. What is that? But no, it, there I'm, was, agree- it would I'm have... agreeing with you. I'm saying it's not the same as that. But you're like attaching this whole it's this official grand reveal of these photos. It you didn't know that when you saw it. You saw a thing on a table. You knew it was something, but you you didn't have the full no, context. No, Liam, like I didn't saying, oh, no, see the photo two reveal. weeks before the story came out. It was a news item. Here is a photo taken yeah. at this event. Here's the photo. Yeah. Here's the story. They were at the same time. I didn't get yeah, the but news that's what about I mean. it two but weeks did, after the, I saw the, the impo- photo. Is that not the important though? Here's the photo. Here's the story. So you'd seen the photo and you, you had an instant reaction and then you read what it was. That's I'm, what I mean. I'm not you're quite sure about I get the distinction. Yeah, you try, yeah I, don't, I don't really know yeah. what you're saying, mate. 
because you're saying like it's the first time you see this picture is makes this massive impression. So this picture made an impression on you before you actually read the story because you saw the photo and went, wow, that's Yeah, but it. what did I see when I looked at the picture? Did you see the exact location, who'd revealed it, and exactly what convention it no, was? I saw a vehicle mode and a robot mode yeah. with a little display. In a photo, in take a look. Yeah. Next to another prototype in hmm. both modes. You yeah. could you know, you don't have to be a highly experienced toy collector to know that that is being revealed at a show. Yeah. By the company I, who makes them. Yeah. But that's what I mean. It's not like it weren't they weren't official photos taken by a company selling you no. on these toys. No, you've missed the point because yeah. I think about Five minutes ago, we'd established that it didn't have to be an official photograph with an official yeah. photographer in a company location. I think we established that earlier that that's not the point. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, we have nailed a controversial opinion, though, haven't we? Like, absolutely <laughs> yeah. nailed there it. There you go. <laughs> that's what we want. That's this might, we're this just agreeing on too much a, stuff. This one might end up in a, an agree to disagree situation. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. If Liam would start making sense, it would be all right. But yeah. <laughs> well, if start talking about the standard of photography, and then no, say, oh, so he still that doesn't get it. He no, still doesn't. No, he still thinks it's about point. how many megapixels are in the I know. image. What's I know. he's talking about? But I do have a wrap-up question on the topic, though. Um, would you prefer if product leaks didn't happen for any yes. reason? You'd prefer if it didn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. But why is that, Liam? I mean, no, I'm interested because, because from my perspective, obviously you're the kind of more mainline collector here, mm. so you're probably the one that's most affected by them. So, what what would you prefer that the kind of cycle moves back a little bit to official reveals, or that Hasbro do it sooner? Uh, it it doesn't really bother me, but I, you know, there's a I suppose there's a difference between seeing stolen toys and stuff. I'm not really that into it. But I, I, yeah. I'm not that fussed at the same time. I don't need it to be like uh, like a grand reveal. I'm just quite happy to see the toy. Yeah, fair enough. That point. makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I do understand that, and I do get that. I guess it's different for everyone. Uh, I, I would definitely prefer it to stop, to be honest. I, I, I That's just my personal preference. I'm not trying to say it absolutely definitely should do or whatever, but it, it's, it's not for me. I, I get more yeah. pleasure personally from the official reveals, um, even when they're a bit, crap and laughable <laughs> do you know what I mean and I think that um I do think that Hasbro need to to look at it and get whether they choose to clamp down on whatever's going on with this business of factory samples getting into people's hands and whatever mm. but yeah it's maybe that's a slightly separate thing I don't know but I do think that in terms of their marketing and getting this stuff revealed uh quicker I think there's something there's something to that I, I would prefer it to stop as well because I think if you're going to go down the route of doing streams where you reveal product you're definitely losing something if right an amount of that product is already fully well known by the audience you're aiming it at just on that basis i think if you want to do something with impact however well you're doing it or however badly you're doing it let it at least have the impact that you intended it to have or isn't it a bit to, like, like let him have a shot at it isn't it a bit like if you've got Christmas coming up in a couple of weeks and you know where your parents have stashed all your presents, so you go and take <laughs> everything that's there and, and that discover everything. All, and, and then two weeks later, all. you unwrap everything. You're like, well, there's no surprises there. And there's no apart from that you didn't get a scorpionog. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. That's, that's literally yeah. it. And I, yeah, it would be an adjustment. If it suddenly stopped overnight, it would be an adjustment that people would have to wait for the streams or whatever. But then... That those streams would be more exciting. Do you not think though? It's I don't know. Do you not think there's like I don't know, the discourse about it is a bit over the top, like with the way 
some people like react really like angrily about the way Hasbro reveal a toy. Like there's, I don't know. Do some people get right on about it? I think anything in this hobby that elicits <laughs> that kind yeah. of reaction isn't okay. <laughs> just, yeah. I don't think anything to do with this hobby deserves that size of reaction. I, so, I, yeah, I, I would agree. I agree. I would say yes. No, nothing nothing makes me angry. <laughs> it's just it's, it's so weird. People like Hasbro didn't reveal it in the right way. No, no, people complain about it. It's like, I don't know. Do you, maybe it's just me, but I don't think I don't need to be wowed like the first time I see a toy because I'm like, wow, oh, that's cool. I'm going to see loads more. I'm going to enjoy it and probably buy it if it's good. But yeah, I don't yeah, need to it, be blown away. It should away. be up to the toy to do the work, mm. not the method in which it is revealed. Like if the reveal wasn't slick enough, you won't buy the toy. No, of course not. The yeah. toy will always do the work. Stolen toy. Hmm. illegal prototype that ends up on ebay someone buys it shares terrible photos when it comes out in the stores yeah. if it's what i'm looking for i'll buy it i mean you made that point earlier with, with your own argument yeah they should have but control I, over it really because yeah, it's their product i, I would like that you are right i agree with that i would yeah. like that i would like to have opportunities in the future to be wowed even if i don't buy the toy nice reveal is a nice reveal why not have these moments to look forward to and why not yeah. put it in the hands of the people who are responsible for creating the product that's yeah, that says something about them though, doesn't it? Hasbro, that's something they should do. This maybe is be bigger because they've got to be careful because they could end up like Mattel, who then well, start targeting yes. their own fan base for uh, buying legally 100%. available products. I was going to say exactly that. I mean, that actually has really kind of made me realise how different Hasbro are to Mattel. That business this week. Did you see some of this, Maz? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So Mattel actually swooping in and and sending. Uh, cease and desist orders to reviewers for you know reviewing toys that they've purchased at retail i think the story was wasn't it that the retailer breached the um, street date wasn't it yeah they had they put it out too early um but still you know the reviewer had purchased it perfectly legally and put a review out and and actually i believe from reading into it um had been contacted previously by mattel this had happened before and when they'd said please can you take it down he'd said yeah no problem and, and had done it so suddenly now they're it's changing leadership or whatever and they're sending him uh you know takedown notices and things and trying to get his you know channel in trouble mm-hmm. and uh sending him copyright claims and all kinds and that's just bogus man that's like yeah. what do you know what i mean there, there's, there's a, nothing you can do to prepare for that either though if you it, buy yeah. it because they, they've done it before when people have bought stuff in walmart that's been available that they just hadn't announced and then as soon as they've reviewed it like oh i bought this from a shop like they've issued the takedown notice like that but it's not like like stolen toys i can if hasbro did that that's fine that was completely different but here it's legally bought toys so i suppose there's a fine line to tread isn't they of antagonizing a fan base against you as well yeah, yeah. They're, they're, definitely they're not tackling that at the source are they no yeah. they're, they're definitely going about it the right the wrong way uh but yeah. it just it made me sort of really you know eyes wide open realize how different Hasbro's game plan seems to be. Because I, I see a lot of people sometimes saying, oh, are they even aware of all of these leaks? Or, Of course they are. Absolutely. I mean, people on the streams are discussing it in the comments section going, oh, I've already seen this and stuff like that. So there is literally no way that Hasbro are not aware of this. Of course, um, they were going as far as disfiguring prototypes. Yeah. Do you remember when they were gashing across the face or writing things on the prototypes? They, they were going to the lengths of making them undesirable. They used to put a stamp on the front, like a, a number stamp as well, so they could mm. tell what it was. But they seem to have stopped doing that. But I think a lot of the toys that people are getting, they're not actual prototypes, are they? They are just, they're already in production as well. There's a lot of those. I think that's where they're getting them. 
it seems to be, doesn't it? So I must admit there was um the one that surprised me recently was that the Beast Wars reissue Scorponok that suddenly came up and was in video reviews and all the rest of it. It was a strange one because I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's on the way then. And uh, then suddenly, you know, it's being officially revealed and everything after the yeah. fact. I don't know. It did. Um, I'm still excited for it, but I don't know. Yeah, it, do, it does take the sheen off it a little bit mm. for me. I can't explain why. Maybe it's not a logical thing or whatever, but there is something about it that just leaves me a bit kind of, yeah, about it. It's different for everyone though, isn't it? Again, it's yeah. another thing yeah. where... It, for sure. your the way you interpret this hobby is different to how I do and oh, of course yeah. as with everything all right and finally um, and some would say most importantly our fourth controversial topic obviously online content creators we've just been sort of talking about them a little bit reviewing toys ahead of time this is a big part of our fandom and we have some very well-known reviewers uh, one in particular, uh, who does reviews for TF Source and has been around for some time, you might notice I'm skirting round <laughs> saying the name because that is the whole thing. How do you pronounce P-E-A-U-G-H? Now, in the UK, we've got Thew, and I must admit, the first time I saw this name, I thought it was Pew. <laughs> Pew. Pew reviews. I, th- I thought it was Pew. I, I genuinely don't understand. It's, it's Peel. It's, well, you, it's you've Peel. heard it said, haven't you, in one of his yeah. reviews, it's Peel. I've heard him say it, and now right. I'm like worried. He's, he's going to turn and go. That's not actually what it is. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it's pure. Because I remember thinking in loads of his videos, I'd just never heard him say it once. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he doesn't introduce himself as such. He just kind of gets on with the content. Uh, so I, I just remember thinking I'd never actually heard him say his own name. I think what confused—I just thought it was Pew for ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what confused me was that I was on the phone with TF Source. Funnily enough, this is ages ago. And uh, they said to me, oh, yeah, we're probably going to get Piog to review that. And they pronounced it Piog. And I was like, and I remember the call, like, I'm sorry, who? <laughs> it totally <laughs> threw me for a loop because I was like, hang on a minute. That's not how you pronounce that, is it? Surely. And they were like, oh, maybe not. Maybe we've got that wrong. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, if it's Pior, maybe it is. I don't know. So we actually managed to settle one thing tonight, which is good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's going to do it for tonight. And we would like to now thank our patrons, our Sixos Butlers. Uh, they get that perk. So I'm going to go straight into that and say a big thank you to Nick, Dean Watts, Danny Roberts, Chris C137, Andy, Cannon, Preston, Brian Fox, Chris, Billy Ho, Spiderfather, Adam Shoemaker, Zachary Blader, Matt, Stephen Perkins, Bad Saturday, Justin Masaru, Dave Dalrymple, Absurd, Geo Kaiser, Yusufer, John Pearl, Cliff Saras, Troisef, Anthony Cars, Alec Mir, Captain R.A., Phil G., Jonathan False Logic Howard, Jack Pelletier, Alicia, a.k.a. Alicia Tron, Sam Highland, Stuart Webb, Amar, Laserbeak, Puma the Hunter, Mike S., Vegemite Mike, Peter Hammerson, and Andrew Bentley. What, what a, list. a list. And also, we'd like to very quickly answer a question that was posed to us by Alicia, a.k.a. Alicia Tron, uh, which is a perk of our Patreon. The question was, uh, what is one of the most obscure Transformers facts that you know? So, uh, Sixo, just quickly, an obscure Transformers fact that you know. Maybe it's slightly obscure. It is definitely known. I'm not like revealing something that people won't know. Is the Turbo Masters, uh, you know, obviously you get the, the gimmick, uh, particularly the Predators, actually, I should say. You get the gimmick where you can connect the jets to the little site on um, Skyquake and the site on Stalker. And when you look through that, when you combine the two together, it's got a little picture of a robot inside that. And I remember seeing this as a kid, 
and being like, who is that robot? Do you know what I mean? It's got a kind of Optimus Prime sort of look to it, but it's kind of a weird one. Uh, like it's not really identifiable as someone that you know, but it's it's definitely uh, like quite a distinctive looking robot with a faceplate and everything. And, uh, Pretty sure and actually, it's a Generation 2 Omnibot glove box, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's not that guy, no. It's actually a dude called Hyperdrive, who was going to be a toy in the Turbo Master line, uh, went so far as like concept artwork and whatever else. He was actually going to be, I think they were they were going to make him the leader above uh, Thunderclash because it would have been a mm. bigger toy than Thunderclash either, like a big truck um, and turned into like this whopping great big robot that uh, from what you know we've seen of the kind of concept artwork or whatever, it looks super cool. It's kind of got a sort of almost Gundam-y look to it. It's quite different to a lot of the other Turbo Master stuff. Uh, it would have looked quite sort of Star Sabery in a weird way as well from the from the drawing that we've seen. But that is that dude in that site that we've seen. Okay, Liam, what about you? Mine will be that in the late 1980s, UK shoemaker Clarks made Transformers trainers that don't seem to exist. Uh, there's no evidence of them, and I seem to be the only person on Earth that remembers they existed <laughs> that had a pair. Oh, man. That's a good one. There we go. It's Liam's memory, Liam's memory again, isn't it? Honestly. Yeah. For me, um, it's I'm just going to go with a G1 sticker-related one. It's that the G1's Hound sticker sheet has a sticker on it, that the instructions don't tell you where to put and nowhere does it tell you where to put that sticker. And usually when you see used hound sticker sheets, that one is still on the sheet or it's just in some random location. But if you actually look at the transformation steps, you'll see that it goes on the side of his waist because it's those 1984 instruction booklets had photographs, color photographs of the toy being transformed, not like 85 where it became diagrams. So you actually see that sticker and it needs to be sliced in two so that one can go on each side of the waist, but it's printed as one full sticker on the sticker sheet. That was fun to find out. I just never managed to get my hands on an unused hound to do anything about that information. If you want the opportunity to commission a Sixos Butler episode or have your name in the shout-out list to be added to the list, which is becoming quite amazing, or if you want the opportunity to ask a question that we will answer on the show, just like we have done, please go to patreon.com forward slash triple takeover and you can check out our four glorious tiers there all with different benefits great benefits check them out helps us keep the lights on helps us give you more content if that's what you want also like to say a big thank you to our sponsors tfsource.com and gearforgeeks.co.uk check them out for third-party transformers masterpiece transformers vintage transformers used toys that could be masks zoids lego all sorts check them out Uh, and then you can also catch us on social media as well we are on twitter uh, at triple underscore takeover we're on facebook at triple takeover and we're on instagram at triple takeover as well or i've got one of those wrong it's one of those underscore yeah but don't worry there will be a solution soon which will be yeah. a lot easier for <laughs> i always get them wrong man i always get them wrong so stay with us for that and of course there's also our red bubble which is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore where you can check out lots of new merch including mask based merch which is absolutely awesome so check that Fantastic. out and uh, Liam, where can our followers find you? I am at all of the correct opinions on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> now I'm at Toybox Soapbox on all of those things. Good God, man. I'm at 6OTF at <laughs> YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And I am at TF Square One, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And that ends another round of controversial opinions being put to bed. And if they're anything like my son, they won't stay asleep for long. But who are we to liken the disagreements of trans fans to those of young children? See you next time, kids. Bye.
YOLO! Look at the crocodile with the ass guns! Oh, it's the alligator with the ass guns!